Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, buckle up for episode 36 of the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chad Mitten with Colin Bluen and Rich Howe, your hosts, and we are about to get into a lot of topics covering the Nashville Predators. We just watched them take on the Carolina Hurricanes, and one thing they can't figure out a way to beat the Carolina Hurricanes. So we got to get into that for sure. We got to get into some other stuff as Phil Tomasino has been called up to the taxi squad yesterday. We are definitely going to get into all of that when it comes to the Philip Tomasino watch because that's a player that we've all been focused on all season. We've been waiting to see if he's going to make his NHL debut this season, so we got to get into that. We're going to bring back the segment Pick One, Lose One, which is basically we put two players on the team up against each other, and we hypothetically ask, you got you can keep one, but one's got to go. We're going to bring that segment back to the podcast, and then we're going to round it out also talking about – some of our fandoms in other sports because we're not all just hockey fans. We love all sports, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite teams in other sports and also some of the teams we can't stand and dislike as well. So that'll be fun to round out episode 36. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, kind, 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 of, the respon- kind of the response I uh, expected there. Uh, when you win 13 of your last 16 – uh, whenever you have to take a loss like we did just uh, took to the Carolina Hurricanes, it just it almost stings more because you're not used to it. You know, I don't know if you guys yeah. are getting those same vibes. But it's it's total it's not totally unexpected though. Yeah, I mean, and you can't I mean, obviously like there's gonna be some some nights in there, and that's the frustrating yeah. part. But yeah, it, it would have been nice to get the W. I mean, we still got another game against them. We got to prove it in that game. That's going to be mm-hmm. like that's. Is this our last game against Carolina on third on a Saturday? No, no, no. They actually yeah. the last two games of the uh, yeah. regular season are going to be against the Three. Hurricanes. Okay, so we, so we still got some time to beat them and at least get one win in the series. What, what that, scares what scares me about playing those last two games against the Hurricanes is they could very well be playing for the division title, and we could yeah. very well be playing for a fourth playoff spot. So. It's gonna be intense. Let's let's not go ahead and think. Let's not think that the Hurricanes are gonna be going in those final two games thinking, oh, okay, we're in. We don't have to worry about it too much. Uh, yeah, I don't, you know. But I, I feel like it could very well be a first round playoff series preview. But before we get into all that, before we get into the full uh, episode thirty six of the Catfish and Ice podcast, uh, let's talk about DraftKings real quick. DraftKings is the number one. Top-rated sportsbook app in America, and it is our sponsor. And we love DraftKings. And I'm sure there's plenty of basketball fans out there. I'm sure there's some NBA fans out there as well. And we have an awesome deal for you. If you're not a member of the DraftKings sportsbook app yet, and you haven't downloaded the app, 
All you got to do is use our promo code THPN and bet $1 to win $100 on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot. And they here, here's the best part. This team doesn't even have to win. All they have to do is hit a three-pointer. So the odds Oops. are heavily stacked in your favor. So go download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three-pointer. Three that's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We also have a really special day today, and that is Jackie yep. Robinson Day. It is the anniversary of when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier for Major League Baseball. And even though we are a hockey podcast, we, we're we not going to overlook the significance of Jackie Robinson, not only on the sports world, but but it transcends sports. And so let me just start by saying that, uh, to me, Jackie Robinson is just what embodies a, um, a, a, a strong leader, a strong person who takes a risk, takes a chance doesn't necessarily do the popular thing. And so, you know, we're not a political show by any means. We're not going to dive into the politics of it. But when it just comes to purely in the sports world, Jackie Robinson is is right there on the Mount Rushmore of the most influential mm -hmm. athletes of all time. And so we weren't going to uh, go into episode 36 without uh, remembering Jackie Robinson and saying – how much of an impact he made and how special of a day it is. I'm glad that he gets a lot of recognition and he should get recognition all around the, all around the calendar, but especially today on this anniversary. So Colin kind of started off, then we'll go to rich. Just kind of what your thoughts are about, about Jackie Robinson. Yeah. I mean, I grew up playing baseball and you don't play baseball without learning about Jackie Robinson and not just what he did on the field, but off the field too. Um, I mean, that's just, that's the, the power of it. He was a, a hard nosed guy who saw an opportunity and he seized it. And that was the thing is that, you know, back then there was a lot of pressure on him not to seize that opportunity, but he did. And, um, you know, the sport is better for it. The sport, you know, has been able to grow, albeit it slowed down growth a little bit in 2021, but you know, the sport mm -hmm. wouldn't be what it is without Jackie Robinson. He paved the way Absolutely. Uh, for every other player of color. And so that's really one thing that's awesome to say and see about him is, is this, what the impact he made also against the adversity he faced, you know, that's, that's, you know, when you tell your kids about overcoming adversity, overcoming challenges, nothing compares to what he had to what he had to overcome to uh, to make it to the show, and then you know to prove himself. He had to work twice as hard as a lot of players, um, and he faced a lot of adversity for it. But he is uh, a, a legend, and um, you know we have to be grateful for that for him across all sports because he really paid the way, not just in baseball, uh, mm -hmm. but in all sports. So yeah, gotta gotta love it. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, what about you? Yeah, so I, I didn't grow up watching baseball, but I definitely knew who Jackie Robinson was. I think everybody does. He's just a trailblazer. And you, like Colin said, the adversity that he had to go through, you guys know that it wasn't easy. And he faced many difficulties and uh, prejudices. I mean, you know. And he was know, a great player. Early. On top of all that, he was yeah. actually a really yeah. outstanding baseball player. It's not just yeah. like he was some player that, right. that made that made that milestone, but he wasn't actually – you know, this – this player, Jackie Robinson, was an outstanding, great player. I invite yeah. everyone to go – if you haven't – I'm a history buff as it is. I've, I've done some pretty good research 
on Jackie Robinson. And it's a very, his whole story is very fascinating and very awesome to learn about. So we just wanted to give our, uh, our respect to Jackie Robinson before we get into episode 36 of the Catfish and Eyes podcast. We also have a uh, Jersey giveaway going on. Colin's going to let our listeners know about that real quick. Yes, I'm actually about to tweet on the uh, Catfish Ice uh, account on Twitter, just the instructions, and it's going to be retweeted from there. But really straightforward. This is going to be a team effort. We get, we need all hands on deck from the Preds faithful to make this happen for a lucky Preds fan. So here's what you got to do. You got to follow Catfish Ice and uh, Hockey Podnet on Twitter. You got to retweet the post. I just tweeted out the original post from there. Uh, and then the show with the most retweets wins. And so it can't just be a couple people retweeting and hoping for the best. We got to win. We got to be all the other hockey podcasts out there. All the other smack talkers that like to tweet back at us and and talk mm-hmm. their talk their smack. We got oh, yeah. we at least get them on this one. So uh, hopefully all everybody's other, listening and will listen. To, yeah, hopefully they'll uh, get that retweet out there and we can get in a a Preds jersey. All the for other fan. All the other teams have their own podcast as well on the Hockey Podcast Network. So there's a little bit of a rivalry going on here. And if I remember correctly, the last Jersey giveaway with the Hockey Podcast Network, we did pretty well. We didn't win it, but we we, we did. did well. We got a lot of retweets. We got a lot of buzz going. So now we need we need you we need you fans to come in and and get let, let's give a Preds fan a well deserving Preds fan a free jersey and so uh, it, go this, look us up on at Catfish Ice on Twitter and it's this a good prize I mean it is jerseys are expensive and you can exactly. possibly get a right reverse retro one people have been talking about those reverse oh, yeah. retros I will say I own one somehow I think it's more comfortable than the original one but this isn't for us all three of us have jerseys we want you guys to get yep. a jersey so. Uh, you know, help yourself, help your fellow fans out, and let's get a Pred fan uh, a New Jersey. Hell yeah. All right. With all that said, we got all that out of the way. Let's go ahead and get into this episode, the meat of this episode. We got a lot to really discuss here, and that's kind of what the Preds do these days. They give you plenty to talk about. It's great for us as a podcast covering the National Predators, but, man, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It did not change tonight. Right when the puck dropped – there was plenty going on. There's plenty of action, and we knew we were up against it. I mean, this, yeah. like Rich said, this was not a surprise. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes are, in my opinion, going into the season, they're making me look kind of good. I'm not going to brag too much, but we all did our division predictions, and I think I was one of the only three <laughs> of us who picked the pre- or picked the Canes to win the division. I think you guys had Tampa Bay. I'm pretty sure I've had them top two, though. I will say yeah, that you did, you did. I think I think both of you guys had top two. I'm not going to take that away from you, but I'm <laughs> still going to. I, I got to find the silver lining either way I can. And if, if the pre, if I got to watch my Preds lose to the Canes, like I just watched them lose, I got to at least figure out something to reach for there. Yeah. But in all seriousness, uh, what I really took away biggest from the game was that. The Preds just got a little bit outmatched here. Uh, the the speed of Carolina really took over. They, it was really uh, prevalent for me. Um, Preds got caught out of position a couple times, uh, especially on the back-breaking goal that was given up right when the second period opened mm-hmm. up. That was the backbreaker yeah. right there. That was bad. And, I mean, even though the final score reads, uh, reads a different scenario where you would think maybe it was a blowout, it definitely wasn't. I do think that the Canes controlled most of the momentum after the second period started. But at the same time, we just can't figure out the Carolina Hurricanes. And there's a lot of teams that are going to have that problem. It's not like we just lost to a scrub here. So, uh, Rich, how about you uh, kind of get into what some of your thoughts from the game, man? 
So <clears throat> the first thing I noticed is like Carolina must have like a height and weight requirement to join the team. They're a bunch <laughs> of monsters. I mean, they are so big. And like when you see them skating, but they're against, fast like, too, though. But they're fast. They are, and that's that's what's crazy. Like you see them like when they're skating against like Arvidsson and Granlin, they're just massive. And like Rocco Grimaldi is like a really small guy up against those guys. But they're just fast. I mean, they're the they're like probably one of the fastest skating teams in the NHL and they're big and they can shoot. They have Sebastian Ajo and Trocek, all those guys. I mean, they're, they're number one in the division for a reason. And they're actually, they just updated the league standings. They're third in the league now. So, I mean, they have a, you know, I don't really, I was, I was kind of hoping that the Florida would hang on. So if, well, here's the thing too. And you think, Here's the worst thing about Carolina. You think you have them figured out. You think you yeah. got them right where you want them. You think that you're matching them. You think that you're getting somewhere, and then they just strike real quick on you. They it's it's kind of yeah. like for all yeah. of our football fans out there, it's like the equivalent of you keep gaining first downs against a team, but you can't score, and then they throw a Hail Mary on you. Yeah, and the Predators, they actually hung with them in the first period. I mean, they look That's really what I'm good. saying. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah, that's and my point. They just – yeah, and then they just, you know, took over after that. And then there were some lapses by the Predators. You did see some stuff, bad passes, obviously, and just some, um, you know, just defensive lapses that, that crept back in, and you just can't – you can't have that against yeah. uh, Carolina. Do you all ever see uh, – you all ever see Creed 2? I never do watch it. Man. I haven't seen Creed so, 2, but I, I will say – I like Creed good. 1, so I don't know why I haven't seen Creed 2, but <laughs> I have got, not seen Creed 2. I, I promise I'm going somewhere with this, but if you got Amazon Prime, I definitely – I think it's on there. You definitely check it out. But in Creed 2, he's play, he basically – the premise is that he's facing Drago's son. Um, and the whole thing is that he has to he has to be able to endure a battle. Like that's the whole thing is that the, the only way he can beat him is if he's willing to take some pain. And that's what Carolina does to you. They're going to make you earn every bit of what you have to get from them because they're, they're fast, they're big. They, I mean, they just – and granted, we've mi- we're missing some key players, obviously, but I don't want to make excuses because this is the same team that's beaten other teams too. I mean, we've had some injuries that's not been – we've never used an injury excuse this year when we easily could have. Um, it's just one of those things where with, with them, like you have to at least beat them at some point when they're the strength they are. I mean, they're a fast team, and you got you got to be ready to go all three periods. And they're one of those teams that I think that even in the third period, it was, it was nice to see the silver lining for me was that we didn't quit in the third period, even mm-hmm. in the third period when we could have been completely gassed because those guys skate faster than any other team. They, they hit do. harder. They get some cheap shots in. I'll say that. Um, and, and you have to match them for that. And, and there's, you know, this, this seems night and day compared to the beginning of the year, but we did hang in there. It's just that we need to see it on the scoreboard and we got to get some guys, some scoring opportunities. Hopefully we'll get some more, uh, Pure scores back. It just wasn't our night, though, unfortunately. Yeah, we need, yeah. We need Forsberg and Tolvanen back, definitely. Oh, the so power play of, time. Yeah. So speaking of the, so speaking of like the cheap shots and some of the some some of the questionable hits, uh, the bit the the two big ones that are going to stick out. Uh, let's start with the Ryan Ellis one, which I didn't even really notice in real time. Credit to oh. uh, the Bally Sports South crew for using that replay to really highlight it. Ryan Ryan Ellis. Watching that in slow motion, we are – I mean, I'm really hoping that something doesn't come out tomorrow that says, oh, he finished – because we know how hockey players are. They're tough they're as nails. Yeah. They'll play They'll play through an injury during the game, and then we find out tomorrow, like what's been the prevailing theme all season, we'll find out tomorrow something bad happened in that hit. And, and once again, Ryan Ellis is week to week or whatever. But I don't want to be – I don't want to be – 
I don't want to think that way right now. But yeah. uh, that was a really brutal hit, and that definitely was a cheap shot. That was unnecessary. It was it was ugly, and uh, he hopped right up. He played he played the rest of the game, but that yeah. was definitely one of those questionable hits that I it was rough to watch. The way he fell, like he's lucky he didn't get a skate in the face because he was yeah. like yeah pushed in the back and he fell forward and like those guys you know their feet are all over the and place. They, and they, and if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but they did call a penalty on that, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah that was a cross. Yeah. That was a cross check. And but, then we got one. I know Mike Twitter just mentioned the one on RV because RV might mm-hmm. be in the same situation where he went to the boards, and it's like those are the kind of things where you see an upper upper body injury the next day, and it's not not fun because it puts I it in it doesn't, It's not. It's not like other sports where, not to throw shade at other sports. I'm not trying to say other t- athletes in other sports are weaker. I'm not getting into that whole debate. All I'm saying is, in other sports, a lot of times you will see a player take an injury and immediately they come out and you know, it's precautionary. They leave the game. They don't come back. You find out within minutes, you have a breaking news sideline reporter saying this player will not return because okay. Yeah. In hockey, for some reason, it just doesn't happen that way. You end up finding out about these injuries the next day. And I'm just fingers crossed that that doesn't happen with Ellis and yeah. Arvidsson. I mean, because I thought- I thought for sure that Arvidsson was hurt because the way he fell and uh, or got and he was grimacing. Fall. I mean, he was grimacing. Yeah. And the th- yeah. and the thing about the thing about that hit is it's not nearly it's not as egregious as the Ellis one. I do think it was a bang bang play. It's one of those. It's really hard to know one way or the other what the intent of of the player was. But Arvidsson was using his speed. He was blazing. He came into the corner, and it was it. I mean, you can really call it one way or the other. I think some some biased people are gonna are gonna call it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Let's just say, let's just call it for the sake of argument, a very unfortunate play. And that's that's kind of how I see it. Uh, and once again, Arvidsson came right in and played. He was grimacing, but he finished the game as well. But that was another really really rough looking play there. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was definitely hurt. Yeah, and and it's one of those things where I, I mean I'm I'm clearly biased. You know, we're a pro yeah. podcast, and so I I looked at the wrist. I saw the wrist extending a little bit, and so I don't think he's going to get. You know, I don't think it's one of those things where he's going to get you know a call from the league and get fined for it. But I did think in the moment at least they called a penalty on it, even if it was you know a minor penalty. It was something that needed to be done just to kind of get the game under control. But they're also, I mean. Even Davies, and I know they mentioned you know he's a rookie, so he's not going to get some of those calls. But some of the hits oh, on yeah. Davies, Davies yes. is not his best Glad game. But also, Davies was roughed up early and often, mm-hmm. and that took him out of the game. I think from a mental standpoint, which led to some of the mental breakdowns later on. But he he got some he got some pretty bad hits on him that were that should have been called, you know, and they just weren't. So yep. it was frustrating to see that. But that, that's what they are. They're they're a physical team. They're going to chip at you. They're, they're fast. Like, you have to be ready to give them all 60 minutes. And, I mean, they're, credit to the team. Like, especially, I think Janot is just a breath of fresh air in terms of the physicality mm-hmm. aspect of the game um, because he did set the tone. I mean, he, he laid some lumber, too. Let's, let's be honest right. here. Yeah. Within, the, within the first 30 seconds of the game, he yeah. laid a guy out. So Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of things you need to do. You have to send the t- uh, set the message to them that, you know, you, you can hit us all you want. We're going to hit you back, and we're going to make sure we leave bruises. So, that's that's gonna it's gonna have to be on Saturday night, and that's what's gonna have to be at the end of the yeah. season. So, yeah. I mean, I think an- another thing that was really prevalent, and I think we just touched on it a little bit, was the power play has definitely regressed. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. If, if the if the Preds were going to even out this game here, if they were going to uh, have a chance to win this game, they had some opportunities on the power play. It wasn't like they didn't get chances, and it just looked completely disjointed. It looked not smooth at all. They couldn't really. It was almost like they just couldn't figure out a way to get set up. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. you know, players running into each other. Um, oh, okay. and, and, and that neutral zone was just – I mean, there was that yes. one point where Granlin was on the power play and Granlin was trying to bring it in, and yep. he literally skated into four guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, like four Carolina yeah. players. It, it was just – yeah. They, and they, they bring out the worst need in that situation too, especially on the special teams. They're number one, I think, across the board, uh, penalty kill and power play. But uh, they, check I mean, all, they, they check a lot of the boxes. The yeah, Carolina Hurricanes check a lot of the boxes. But yeah. – um, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where the Preds had some chances to really get back into this game on the power play, some turning point, you know, moments, and they just couldn't cash in. They couldn't make it happen. Uh, but again, they did not pack it in either. They kept no, yeah. pushing. Once yep. again, we saw the Preds struggle to get shots on goal. They had third. I wrote this down. They had thirteen shots on goal at the fourteen with fourteen minutes left in the third period. That's just not going to get it done. So no, it's no. great that Mur- – so as good as Mrazek was for he, the Hurricanes, he, he wasn't really challenged. wasn't – he made some really good saves when he had to. But, yeah. you you know, come on now. They're NHL goaltenders. 13 yeah. shots on goal, and you're coming up on 14 minutes in the third period. That's just not going to cut it against most NHL goaltenders. You have to pepper them. You have yeah, – because they're going to crack – they're going to crack eventually – but when you only have that many shots on goal, it's just yeah. not going to work out in your favor very often. He did get well, some help on the post, though, with the post, though, uh, a couple of times. So he did. Yeah. That kind of helped him out a little bit. I mean, yeah, like well, you said, he wasn't really tested much. So, and, and realistically, like they, the second chance opportunities went there either. They weren't getting many rebounds that they did. They were very, like, it was very few and far between, but there was very few second chance opportunities where, you know, like an Arvidsson or a Grandlin or a Johansson mm-hmm. can find a way to bury those shots. And so, yeah, it was just, I mean, the shot selection wasn't great. Shots themselves weren't great across the board. Um, I mean, you got to think that Tol- you know, Tolvanen and Forsberg can definitely provide a boost. Even Duchesne can provide a boost in that situation. Um, you know, shout out to Eric Halla for, for getting the shorthanded goal. Yep. Uh, because that, that, that was a little bit of a spark. They gave us a little bit of hope. And at least – And he you know, almost scored another out. one. He almost he scored he another one right close. there. Like he was, he, he, he was kind of coming out there with some crazy energy. He was like – all right, if no one else is going to do it, I'm going to do it on my own type of mentality. And, and so give some credit to Eric Holla. It's his yeah. former team, so you yeah, got to think yeah. he's hungry to there get it. But yeah. 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 Oh, and then Mike Twitter said that shot Granlin had where it went through the goalie's legs, but then pound, uh, bounced oh, all the yeah. way through. Yeah, I thought for sure that was, that was in. But, yeah, there were, there were a couple moments like that tonight. Uh, Trennan had a moment. Trennan, yep. Yakov Trennan had a moment where he thought he scored, and it kind of yeah. trickled off to the side of the pad. And there were there were there were definitely moments, but at the same yeah. time, you know, it's one of those things where you, I, I, I said going into the game that it's going to take the best performance, maybe of the season, for the Preds to get this win tonight. And yeah. you know, it wasn't their best performance of the season by any means. No. And the the Hurricanes played an outstanding game. They didn't play hardly make it hardly any mistakes tonight. And you had to know they were going to be ticked off coming out of two losses against the Detroit Red Wings. And, you know, that first place finish is very important this season, not just because you want that division title, but because you don't want to have to face two of the other three teams or one of the other two teams in the division that's going to finish in either second or third place 
yeah. because that's going to be either Florida or Tampa Bay, presumably. So a lot to play for. Yeah. And Hurricanes did pulling punches. And sometimes in hockey, it's a case of you just don't match up well against a team. And I'm starting to unfortunately feel like the Preds just don't match up well at all with the Hurricanes, especially when they're when they're missing players like Forsberg and, and Fabro and, and and people like that and and Olivier, for instance. Like they're just oh, missing man. so many players. Yeah. I don't even want to get into it. All the players are missing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's just it's one of those things. So, but I, yeah, go ahead, Rich. I was just gonna say you have to think like they hung with them for the first period, first period and a half with all those players out. So hopefully once we get those guys back, you know, they can, you know, put up a better fight. Than I, wanna, did tonight. I wanna share a tweet from uh Matt McDonald who sent me a tweet on uh during the game actually, talking about so he so he said, if the game continues in this direction, do we see a lineup shuffle next game? If so, who do you think goes in and who comes out? And I and I basically just responded. We'll see how you guys think about it. But I basically just said you can't ever overreact to one game, especially when you've mm-hmm. won thirteen of your last sixteen, and you're playing presumably one of the top two or three Stanley Cup contenders. Fair to say. So, yeah. um, but I did also say, which is going to really lead us into our next segment. Uh, there is a guy hanging around on the taxi squad. His name is Philip Tomasino. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, yeah, if not, if not, we're going to get you caught up on him. But uh, he is hanging around on the taxi squad, and even today, John Hines did not rule out him making his NHL debut very soon. But I definitely do not like the whole knee-jerk reaction of, "Oh, we just got we we had our first really bad game, you know, kind of uh, in, in a long time. So now we have to go in there and change some things up." I don't like that. Line of thinking, no, you know. I, I agree with you. And I think it's a case by case basis. I mean, it depends on who's coming back from injury and where they slot in. Obviously, I think if Duchesne's healthy enough to play, I think you play him um, when he's when he's really fully clear. I think that uh, Chad, know we we discussed this in the in the Predlines group, but we said you know there's a possibility that he if, if it was crunch time and we needed him to play, he might be playing right now. Um, but I think when he's ready, fully ready to get back, I think that's when you bring him back and you'll slot him in. I think if Tolvanen's healthy, absolutely, he gets in the lineup. Forsberg, same thing. Um, even Dante Fabro. But other than that, like, there's really not much shaking up you need to do. I mean, you think about it, even our fourth line, like the herd line, that line has clearly established itself as it needs to stick together. I think Jano fits into it perfectly right now with Olivier out just because he plays the same physical style of hockey. He's not as big as Olivier is, um, but he still plays that physical style of hockey that you need on that line to set the tone. Uh, I think the third line is probably the one you can play with the most at, at most. I think that's where I see any changes happening, mm-hmm. happening, but realistically like the first and second lines, I'm not adjusting. Um, yeah, you don't make the knee jerk reaction. If you get, if you get guys back from injury, sure. You can slot some guys in, uh, but there's not really anything too much I would change just because even this was a rough game. Yes. I, I'll give fans that. And, and, you know, we, we all saw it, but it wasn't necessarily coming down to the line chemistry that the reason why it was a rough game. It was a rough game because they skated faster than us. They hit harder than us. And we just got to be able to hit them back and we got to be able to keep up with them. That's, that's really all it is. And now, you know, we're, we know what the pace is. I think we kind of got uh, bogged down at times because we played some teams that, uh, you know, haven't been as big of a challenge. Although Tampa Bay is pretty fast too. But I think now that we saw how – I think they're the fastest team in the NHL. Now we saw how fast they skate. Saturday's going to be a different team. We're going to have to be buzzing, and it's going to have to be the fastest hockey we played all season, the best hockey we played all season. It has to be yeah, clean hockey. Yeah, 
you you can't play a in my opinion you can't play a conservative style of hockey against the Hurricanes. I no. feel like they're just going to make you pay. They're going to find their chances. They're going to find their moments. I think you have to try to match them to the best of your ability. And then they're going to they take penalties. So yeah. when they do take penalties, that's when we got to hope that we're going to get Forsberg and Tolvanen back eventually. And that's when we can really feast on the power play. But, you know, it's one of those things where you've got to try your best to keep them from having all of this open ice to skate up. But the problem with the Hurricanes is they are so good at passing and finding each other. And you think you have one guy in check and he finds another guy and then he finds the next guy. Next thing you know, UC Soros is hung out to dry. And that's just kind of what I saw tonight, uh, especially with that uh, that first goal that was scored in the second period. Uh, and UC Soros was giving up some rebounds tonight. I got to say, as great as he's been, he he wasn't his sharpest. I'm not saying to pin this loss on him by any means. I'm not saying that. But he did give up some rebounds. And yeah. so there's that, too. It is also a team that gave him a concussion. So maybe there's psychological stuff to that, too, as well. Oh, yeah. that, you always, that, you always de- remember that. There definitely are kryptonite. We'll join the list of other teams that the Hurricanes are <laughs> kryptonite. So <laughs> – we're not alone in that company, but we're going to move past this. Uh, again, we haven't we, – we're not going to really get into the 7-2 win over the Lightning because it's a little bit old news now, but that was an awesome win as well. Speaks the, for itself. The point, is, <laughs> yep. the point is there's no reason to overreact. Calm down, everyone. It does suck to lose. We haven't had to deal with it much lately. But does everyone remember how it felt like back yeah. in February – I mean, we had to drag yeah. ourselves onto this podcast and find all kinds of different topics to keep you guys listening. Yep. So it's going to be okay, all right? It's going to be okay. Um, if Rich wants to give us a scoreboard watch, we'll do that a little bit later because we are scoreboard watching. But yep. let's go ahead and get into the next segment while he's looking that up. Again, this is episode 36 of the Catfish Nice podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and bet on a team to hit a three-point shot in NBA basketball. Use our promo code THPN, and even if that team doesn't win, you'll win $100 of free bets. All you got to do is bet a dollar. So pretty well-stacked bet in your favor if you go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our promo code THPN. So some big news happened yesterday, and that was Phil Tomasino got called up to the taxi squad. And Philip Tomasino gets everyone's engines running. We are all we all can't wait to see Philip Tomasino make his NHL debut, whether it's this season or next season. We know it's coming soon. But when he gets on the taxi squad this late in the season, that kind of makes you think that it's coming sooner rather than later. Maybe I'm get maybe I'm reading too much into this. Maybe so. Uh, Colin looks like he has some thoughts on it. I agree with you. I think that it's going to happen against Chicago. I think you don't put him out against uh, you don't put him out against Carolina, but I think he's going to get possibly. I love I, it. I mean, we got a bold prediction here. I love it. That's I'm a bold hot I'm, take. I'm going to say the hot 19th. I think the 19th is his debut in a Predators jersey. That's that's Ooh. my 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 take on it because we're at home, so I think it's a different environment. It gives him a chance to play that home environment and be <laughs> in a you know home jersey. Uh, the optics for it, you know, you want to see him in gold before you see him in white. So I think it's the 19th. Um, I could be wrong. It could be the 21st, 23rd. I just don't think you put it out against Carolina or the Panthers right now. I think the Chicago's the team to do it against. Yeah. So I, I really like your thinking there, man. I really do. Yeah. What about you, Rich? I think, I think it depends on 
what the point standings are at the time. If they're up, so um, Chicago actually lost tonight. So that's 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 a huge result. Yeah, to lose to the Red Wings. They did. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and raise a glass, or I'll raise my water bottle here. Four to to, one. uh, The Detroit Red Wings for uh, going out and getting that win there. Uh, We really appreciate you, and um, we 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 hate you a little bit less tonight for that. Thanks, little brother. Yeah. So. Oh. Oh. Shots what is that? fired. What you said thank you, little brother. Shots uh, all fired. right, there you go. Yeah. So I think it depends on – so I think if, they, if they're if they still up like four points and they beat Chicago the first game, first two games, maybe the third game I'd put him in. But <clears throat> it just depends on the points for me. Yeah. And I, I just don't want to rush him into it and or upset the, the apple cart, you know. The, they're playing really yeah. well. We uh, get Forsberg and Tolvanen back. You know, I just don't want to upset the chemistry that, they have right that's now. Kind of, that's kind of the biggest thing about it is, okay, we want to see him make his NHL debut, but you don't want to you don't want to throw him in there for the sake of saying, oh, we got to yep. do this. Like, right. you got to have a reasoning behind it other than you yeah. want to please the fans, per se. Yeah. Because even though you are in the business of pleasing your fans, you also have to make sure you're making the best decision for your hockey team on mm-hmm. the ice because the fans don't always know what that is. No offense to the fans. And we are fans as well. We're not saying that we always know the best thing for the hockey team. No. But my point no. is, my point is, I kind of see what Rich is saying there in a way. Like, okay, if they, if they go out and beat Chicago twice, that pretty much eliminates Chicago from this race in our minds. Yeah. And then we only have to worry about Dallas yeah. for the most part. We do have Columbus lurking down there as well, even though they're selling all their assets off, basically – they're still down there as well. They're mathematically still alive. So we can't just completely take them out of the equation either. But Dallas is pretty much our biggest worry if we can beat Chicago two out of three times. So I kind of yep. see your line of thinking there. I do think, though, that there is some, some credence to thinking that why do we have to think that Tomasino would necessarily be a liability if we put him in there? Clearly the team thinks he can help the team. Otherwise they wouldn't even, hopefully they wouldn't even call him up to the taxi squad. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of uh, very well knowledgeable scouts who are watching this right now that know way more about it than we do. They see the practices, they see all the film, they see everything. And they, for whatever reason, they're like, yes, Tomasino needs to be on the taxi squad. We need to have him right here ready to go if we need to pull the trigger and pull him in. I almost think that Tomasino on the taxi squad is more of a, okay, if this thing starts going south, we're getting him in here. Yeah. That's how I feel. <clears throat> that's true, too. Yeah. And yeah, that's also I – mean, it's also a good a dynamic opportunity He is such a dynamic skater and such a dynamic player well ahead of his actual hockey experience and his age. And yeah. I know they see that, that it's almost – I feel like I look at it the opposite way. I'm, I literally feel like if if the team really starts, let's say they lose to Carolina again and this playoff race gets a little bit closer and maybe these in this injury situation we don't get some players back, I think it's one of those things where it's like we're going to put Tomasino in there. We're going to let him we're gonna, we're gonna let him fly. We're going to let him see what he can do. Yeah, it's yeah, also I mean, a good opportunity for him. To get because he gets to travel with the team and practice with the team and all that, so course, yeah. they're just getting him some getting him some experience with you know the the big roster. So I think it's good. We could, but let's be let's be let's temper a little expectations here. Because honestly, tomorrow we could also see him get sent back to the AHL. 
That's um, true. It could just be what's going on maybe with Tommy Novak or maybe with some injury you're, stuff. You're right. I mean, that's that's the pessimist side of it. I will, I'll, say, I'll say that. But then again, there also another pessimist angle from it is maybe he's brought up because an injury that we are, that we've been kind of tracking is worse than what we initially thought. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's Duchesne or someone else, I think honestly, Tomasino, maybe not slot him in at center just yet, just because he is pretty undersized for a guy that would be playing center. Um, he hasn't hit that growth spurt that, you know, like a Ellie Tolvanen hit when he uh, went back to the HL. But um, you know, if you put him on the wing, I would say even the third line, you know, third line winger, he can get some good experience and be, you know, play mm-hmm. with some good guys. So, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, what the I'd reason like to, for it is. If Tomasino does get into the lineup over these last 11 games, I would like to see him play personally alongside Michael Granlund. That yeah. that would be I, I want to see him I want to see him in the top 6. I don't want to yeah. I don't want him thrown onto another inexperienced line where it's almost like he's doing exactly what he'd be doing in the AHL. Like, I want to see what he can actually produce playing alongside some NHL veterans. That that would be my preference. I think Granlin would be the best player to put him with. Um, also, obviously, if Forsberg came back and there was some crazy scenario where Tomasino came in, I would give me all of that, Forsberg and Tomasino on the same line. <laughs> but I think Granlin makes the most sense if – Tomasino gets in the lineup. I would like to see Tomasino play alongside Granlund. I really missed that. I really missed that Forsberg Tovenin line, though. I don't know. That's oh, like, man. Uh, don't even get me started on it, man, because it's, it's going to hurt my heart. I got, I, got, right. I got to backtrack with you guys, too, because when we were talking about the, you know, the fact that tonight we got a loss, but we haven't gotten a loss twice in a row since March 15th. That's something to think about. And so wow. obviously you want to make the kid, make sure the kid gets in there and when we're on a little bit of a hot streak. So maybe, maybe it is longer than that initially, you know, my, my thought process on Monday, but um, you want to bring him in when, when spirits are high and when the locker room energy is good. So let's look, about. I mean, let's look at what he's doing in the AHL. He's doing what he's basically done his entire hockey career, which is outperforming a point per game pace. He's 20 points in 18 games for the Chicago Wolves, who is a stacked team. Uh, and then let's see here. He's also got a, over a 13 shooting percentage. He's uh, he's second on the team in points behind Tanner Janot. There we go. Interesting. There you go. And then uh, also, I thought this was really cool. I guess the Chicago Wolves, I saw this on their uh, social media platform. The Chicago Wolves shared that in the inaugural – Fan vote player of the week, Philip Tomasino won. Nice. So, the, so the fans voted for a Predators prospect. Good. They can't keep That's them, awesome. but good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. all, know, right? Is that not not the weirdest dynamic you've ever seen there? Uh, that is a weird but, dynamic. Uh, but credit well, to playing, the fans, though. I was gonna say they're playing almost two different kinds of hockey, though, too, because they're also playing Carolina system and they've got yeah. some national system in there as well because they have to cater to both side so he, he i mean he might be like a, a little bit of a a scout player for us right now since we're playing carolina but who knows yes. uh, <laughs> and i haven't looked at i haven't looked at the hl standings recently so i really don't know where the chicago wolves are kind of performing in that regard but um i do know that a lot of the preds prospects that have played for the chicago wolves have shined and played very yeah. well for them mm-hmm. so um there you have it um i I'm, i don't know if i'm going to make a prediction but I do think that if I'm going to make a prediction, I think that Tomasino will definitely – I think he'll play one of the three games against Chicago. I'm going to say I, the 23rd. I, I'm not going to – all right. For the sake of argument, I'll say the 21st. 
That's the third game. Is that yeah. even? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I'm going. Yep. Th- well, we got three different answers well, here. Yeah. We I, can I agree with Chicago. The one you, I went with the ones you didn't pick. There you go. Yep. So yep. <laughs> either way, we have every reason to be super stoked about Tomasino's future. If it's not even if, if for some reason it's not this season, let's say some players get healthy and are activated, then obviously Tomasino is probably not going to make his NHL debut. They keep everything so hush hush with these injuries. Mm-hmm. You just never know. You literally yeah. find out the day of this player is yep. activated off injured reserve. It happened with El- with Ryan Ellis. So yeah. um, we're, everybody's it, close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt, Matt Duchesne's been week to week for what feels like six months now. So um, <laughs> and it's like it's like what we said when um, Saros got hit. They're like, he's got an upper body injury. Like we saw him get hit in the head. It's we know what's wrong with him. He's got a concussion. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So there you go. But I think that if the injuries hold true. And no one unexpectedly gets activated off injury reserve. That I think Tomasino will definitely make his debut in one of the three games against Chicago. I think that I agree with Colin completely. I think that'd be a great spot to start him against mm-hmm. at home. Oh, at home, yeah, cool. The Preds goal, and you just got uh, more fans are going to be allowed to come. They've increased the capacity to re- restrictions to thirty three percent. So more fans are starting to go to the games and stuff, and so I think I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. To, to you don't want him to debut on the road. You definitely yeah, want to see no. him debut in Bridgestone Arena. So that's some good stuff there. So that's our Philip Tomasino talk. We love Philip Tomasino for sure. Let's get into uh, we're bringing back a game here, a game that we've played in, in, in another episode, and it's a game that we don't have much hair to work with, but whatever hair we have left, it's going to make us lose it. <laughs> having to pick between these two players. But um, it's called Keep One, Lose One. And it's basically – it's it's kind of hypothetical here. But at the same time, it makes you think. Mm-hmm. Which player do you really value more? It was, is and, it called Keep One, Lose One? I thought it was Chad Minton's torture test. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, 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 that's the alternate name. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. We're, we're going to stick with Keep One, Lose One, though. But I <laughs> okay. have to pick two here. I, I subject myself okay. to this, too. Okay, okay. It's not like I. It's not like I, I. make you guys pick, and I just sit back and don't do anything. But uh, right. I kind of feel like this is how a game show host feels. I feel like I need to, like, in between segments, I need to change into one of those, like, you know, ugly suit. like tuxedos with like yeah. a big handkerchief coming need, out, and like you need one of those big way too much crowns. Those big yeah, way too much. Ma- yeah, way too much makeup on. Like that's kind of what I need to be doing for this segment. Yeah. But um, all right, so it's keep one, lose one, and. I'm just going to come in right off, come in hot here. <laughs> and I, ah, I, I'm trying to figure out who has to answer this first because it's He's really like, not, it's not fair. Like, Soros or Rene? <laughs> well, I think this one's even harder than that. Ooh. All right. We just talked about this player, Philip Tomasino. Philip Tomasino or, or Ellie Tolvanen. And Gosh, uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with Colin. Colin, you're the lucky winner. Come I gotta on go down. with Ellie Tolman. I mean, like you keep, it, it's you would keep. All right. I don't don't get me wrong. I'm very excited about Tomasino. Yeah. But even like Tolman, like we gotta go back to when he was playing with Joker. Tolman had more height than Tomasino. Tomasino did, and we've seen more from from Tolman. I mean, that's just kind of where I stand on it. Is you know we know what he looks like in a Preds rotation. My 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 thoughts might change when Tomasino gets into the lineup. But for right now, you know, based off of the history and based off what he's done this season, 
I gotta go Tolvin. I mean, he's 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 our guy. He's my guy. <laughs> he's got he's he's already got the proven. He's already done it on the NHL yeah. level. So yeah. that's kind of all right. What about you, Rich? Uh, Tolvin, same. He's got that yeah. that shot from the circle. Oh yeah, it's just too much of a heater, man. I just can't give that up. There's no way. I think this is like as much as this is a painful one. I think it's it, logically speaking, it's it shouldn't be that hard of a choice. Uh, yeah. Just because you've already got the body of work for Tolvin and he's already shown he can do it. Whereas Tomasino, even though we're pretty confident he can do it, and I think he's going to be a completely different type of player. The only thing that makes this really tough for me, and I did have to think about it when I came up with this in my head, the reason why I really did have to think about it is Tomasino's going to be a much he's, – he, he's a center. Mm-hmm. He can play center. Yeah. Whereas Tolvanen is more of a specialist type of player. Yeah. So if Tomasino does end up living up to the hype that he has on him, I think he could be a much more impactful player than Tolvanen. But that's Especially, a big if. That's a big if, and we have to live in the now. And the now states that Tolvanen has already done it, and and Tomasino hasn't gotten that chance yet. So yep. That one. Mm. That one sucks, though. <laughs> We missed Tolvanen. Luckily, luckily, yeah. luckily, the Preds don't have to make that decision. At least not now. And not for a oh, long yeah. time. So, uh, all right. That one was hard. But was thankfully, hard. we don't have to worry about it right now. All right. This one's not nearly as difficult, but one you're going to – I think you're going to have to think about this one more. Way right. more. And Rich has to start off with this one. Okay. Alexander Carrier or Dante Fabro? <laughs> Oh man, that's tough. And this is hey, um, for, for all of our listeners and who's watching on, live on uh, Periscope and and Twitter. Th- Colin and Rich have not heard these. I came no, up with these I, in, no. in my uh, in my chamber somewhere deep <laughs> down in my lair because I'm evil for this dungeon. And uh, they don't. They I did not share these with these with them. So that's tough, um, man. I'm gonna go Carrier. I've just seen I, some. I've just seen some. I mean, I like Dante Fabro. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't know. I just, I just like Carrier's game better. I'm, I'm not, I'm not like a, a big, huge NHL analyst or anything. I just like the way Carrier. Looks I thought you life. were, man. I'm I saw, you, I saw you make a guest no. appearance on NHL no. Network just the other day. No. Or is that another no. guy that looked just like you? I, I hope there's not two people that look like me. There's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of bald guys around the NHL. Yeah, there's three right. of them sitting right here. I, I, exactly. I guess you, I, I guess I got you mixed up with someone else, but I could have swore that you've been yeah, on NHL Network know. making guest appearances. Yeah, I don't know. Just I just I don't know. I like his game better. I, right. I will fully agree with you on that, and I've got reasoning behind it. I think that it's because Carrier is honestly probably a better two-way player when, it, when you look at his offense, what he does on the forecheck, but also because he's way better at special teams. Um, he looks like when he's when he's playing on special teams, he looks like a mini Roman Yossi, uh, and that's high praise, I know. But you watch and you watch the tape and his entries, the way he shoots from where he shoots from. I mean, it just looks very similar. But he just he produces. Um, if he doesn't score, it's producing second chance opportunities. He's doing a lot to create offense based off of his defense. And Fabro, solid, you know, dude. He's not going to get caught flat footed, but he's not a two way player the way Carrier is. Yeah, what Colin said. Uh, so I feel the I same break, way. I got to break away from the pack here, and it's not easy. Oh, ooh. I'm actually taking. I, but you guys know that I'm a pretty big. Hey, it was your, uh, hey, it was your guy. 
Yeah. Well, he, well, that's the whole point of this game. It's not easy. I like both of them. They're both my guys, but I got to pick one. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, you guys know that I'm a bigger believer in Fabro than a lot of, than some people are. I think it's a very split in their, uh belief on that. I think there's a lot of people who are believe in Fabro, and there's a lot of people that don't. Yeah. But here's the deal: I need to see more from Carrier before I would pick him over Fabro. It doesn't mean that Carrier doesn't have yeah. a higher ceiling necessarily. Yeah. But in mid-April of 2021, if someone downloads this podcast three years <laughs> from now, we are mid-April 2021. I am going to pick Fabro right now mm-hmm. because I, mean, I do think that – Even though he's in I Seattle. Think, <laughs> uh, he's not going to Seattle. He's not going to Seattle. Don't say that. We're losing a Ford. We're li- we've already had our expansion draft talk, Rich. Yeah, I know. I know. Quit Sorry. bringing up the past here. Don't make me go into another expansion Sorry. draft segment here. Yeah, right. I think we're losing a Ford. I think we're losing Colton Sissons, but that's for another discussion. But when it comes when it comes to Fabro, I think that he is also continuing to get better and is still a very young player. And even though he was thrown into it, just sure like was. some of these other guys are getting thrown into it. So it's another tough decision. That's the whole point of this game. But so, I'm going to slightly disagree with you guys uh-huh. and take Dante Fabro. But that, if I had to make that decision, that would not be a fun one. I'd be upset got, about it. I got a spicy take for you. I'm All not right. even sure. I'm not even sure I would take Fabro if you asked me which Boston University alumni defenseman I wanted to keep. <laughs> I like Ferentz too. So that's but what you're, I'm saying. But on you're, that. lean, you're leaning on potential over what you've already seen too, and then you've also got to take into regard that that Fabro still has that potential as well. He does. So it's, he does. it's, he it's does. very tough. He only gets better. He's only gotten better. He like does. That's, that's good. I, the, but the, I, I know it's spicy. I know that's spicy. But at the same time, Ferentz was no, graduated in college. So I don't. I don't. I don't think you're completely crazy for thinking that way. It's also brings up the point that we should all be very, very happy that it's a good problem to have yes. and that the Preds are once again stockpiling stockpiling that defensive prospect pool. So Absolutely. it's a good problem to have. All right, let's go to the next yep. one here. This one is way more mainstream. I think it's going to be way more uh, polarizing, I guess you could say. <laughs> all right. Get, it gets it. fans – these two players get fans going. They get them – Angry, they get them um, tweeting like crazy, and it's Matt. Dush- <laughs> it's Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. I knew this. Oh uh, yeah, I did too. How many Actually, times have you said? <laughs> I feel like we've had this con- we've had this conversation a lot. <laughs> we have, oh. but 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 things have changed since they we have. last asked this question. It's so you have to ask it again. I you got mm, it's two players so- with it's two players with the worst contracts on the team. It's two players that many people would feel like they wish they could move and and just move on past it. I've even seen both of these players mentioned in the expansion draft possibilities. If Seattle would be willing to take one of those contracts or if the Preds would play ball with them and take some of that contract on to let them go to Seattle. I've seen all of that. So this is a very – this is a way more realistic choice than the first two I just asked. 
I saw Adam Vinian's uh, piece about talking through what that would look like for the yeah. Seattle and, and all that good stuff. So I definitely, I can definitely hear that. I think that if, if there's a high price, if you have to pay someone, you know, a first, first round pick plus a prospect just to take an $8 million player and we basically get nothing in return other than just it's salary cap shedding. I mean, we did it with Subban, so I'm not, you know, I'm, just, I'm not above it. Right now between those two, though, I got to say, and I'm going to go with the point leader right now just because that's where they're so very even how they produce this year. Obviously, Duchesne has not been part of the run that we had, you know, when we started that run March 18th. But I would say right now I'm going to stick with Johansson. Um, and there's a few reasons why. It's it's what he's done this season so far uh, and, and the way he's played this season and then really come on as of late. Um, but it's also there's some more sentimental value to me as a fan. Not even like analyzing the game, but as a fan, um, Johansson, what he did for us to get us to the Western Conference Finals, gruesome, terrible injury, um, and, and still was like kind of a, a very much a spiritual leader of the team. After that, he was our very first, you know, he was the very first guy that we like was our big name signing. We never we never drifted into that uh, that cap space other than for Shea Weber, and so that was really huge for us. Um, and so I'm going to go with uh, Ryan Johansson over to Shane. All right. Yeah. What about you, Rich? I agree. I would take uh, Johansson. Uh, Mike Mike Twitter said um, we don't hear people talk about Johansson's ability to win faceoffs very often. True, very he's true. really good at that. That's a really good point. Um, good I like point. him because he's a bigger he's a bigger guy. He's obviously got handle on the puck. I just I don't know. I've just never been a huge Duchesne fan, unfortunately. But you know, once he gets back in, maybe he'll things will turn around for him. But it just seems like he has stretches of well, I mean, Johansson did too. And, but. and losing, so yeah. losing a player like losing a player like Johansson would also be very detrimental to a locker room full of yeah, what we I presume agree. to be what we presume to be a very young team moving forward. I think they gravitate more towards season. him than Duchesne. And so, needing players like like, and this is not to take a stab at Duchesne whatsoever, but because yeah. I've been a big Duchesne just supporter, I think that some of the criticism he gets is a little overblown because he does have so, so much hype and the way he left Colorado has kind of followed him along and, and stuff. And he's just not the same type of demeanor. He's a little bit more quiet and stuff, but at the same time, Ryan Johansson is a locker room type of guy. He's mm-hmm. been a part of this team, just like Colin said for a while now was a big part of the a Stanley cup run and so if you had to lose a player like Ryan Johansson, it would be it would be a rough blow just on the locker room and the intangibles and all of that. And he still is a top six player on this team for now. And so uh, – and, and I'm, I've kind of changed my opinion on this. If you would have asked me this before Deshane got hurt, oh, it would have been Matt Deshane 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, think, you know, that's why we had – you know, the, the games have to be played. Things change, and it's not to any fault of Deshane because he's had this Earth. unfortunate injury that's lingered and kept him out. We don't even know the full extent of why he's been injured for so long and why he hasn't been able to play. Uh, I'm sure that stuff will come out in due time, and we'll have to see if he does get back into the lineup in time for when the Preds get <clears> in the playoffs. When and if the Preds get in the playoffs, I should say. Yeah. But – at the same time, we're all in agreement there. It's Ryan Johansson, but I did have to change my opinion on that. Yeah, based it also on this like, last month. It also seems like Johansson gets in there and mixes it up and takes up for his teammates yeah. a little more. He doesn't mind getting in there and 
you know, pushing people and, you know, I like mean, tonight. Different styles. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, got in yeah. there and pushed uh, Foster around. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, bro. All right, last, last one. All right, we got the last one here. This one All might right. be the hardest one here. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Victor Arvidsson or Michael Granlund? <laughs> you know, I mean, you want me to take, you want, you want me to take this one? How no. about us? I'll start this one off. Yeah, you go ahead. You start. Go for it. I'll, I'll take. I'll take the first one here. I'm gonna go with Victor Arvidsson, and I think this is again going back to the to the uh, sentimental part of it. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But also because as much I think Grandland obviously has a longer future in the NHL as far as a ceiling and. You know, Arvidsson, you know, he's probably past his – he's most likely past his peak. But I'm sorry. I'm, I'm picking with my heart here. <laughs> and it, it's not to say that Arvidsson is some scrub and he's a horrible player. He has completely impressed me with how he has responded this season and, and w- with the way w- – with everything he's battled back from. And he's always been that undersized player on the ice mm-hmm. since he first came onto this team, you know, yeah. however many seasons ago. And I just respect the hell out of him. And it doesn't mean I don't respect Granlin either. And Granlin's got the more skill. He's got the higher ceiling. He's got more years probably ahead of him, productive years. But I'm still going RV Hustle because I still past this year, whereas I'm not even sure if Granlin wants to be on this team past this season. We don't know what's in his head. We don't know if he's actually loyal to Nashville. We don't know that. For all we know, he's done after this season, and he moves. He he signs on to another team. And guess what? Most likely, Victor Arvidsson is going to be protected in the expansion draft. He's going to stick around again and wear Preds gold. Maybe even retire as a Nashville Predator. And so I'm going Victor Arvidsson, even though Granlin does have the bright has has the higher ceiling and has the longer future in the NHL. I don't disagree with you, actually. And it's also from a stats and a, a contract standpoint. Let's be real. Like, Arby's been turning it on lately, and because of that, he has 24 points. Granlin has 18 points. So, statistically, Arby right now is a better player. But also, the contract the contract Arby has right now for the next few years is going to be more friendly than the contract that Granlin's going to want this next offseason. So, um, from a sentimental value, from a stats value, from just the not so, I think Granlin is a very good locker room guy, but I think that Arvidsson just means more for this team in terms of the tenacity, the effort, the enthusiasm he brings, the way he shows it on the ice, um, the way he doesn't quit. I think that that means more to him. So I'm I'm going to be the homer, yeah, and go with uh, go with Arby as well. Well, I guess I'll be the homer as well because I <laughs> I think I would I would pick Arvidsson too for all the same reasons. You know, it's just he's seems like a little more gritty of a player. He gets in there. He doesn't mind, you know, like he skates in with no abandon to, towards the net to try to score. And I don't know, Granlin's a tough player, but you just don't see you just don't see him doing that as much as Arvidsson does. Ar- Arvidsson also yeah. leads us to the category in uh, most lost teeth, and that's you don't get that by just yeah. you know, skating. You don't get yeah. that by skating safe. So good. No. Or, or I mean, or the infectious smile he has. Like for instance, when Roman Yossi made that long. Rope oh, yeah. with a pass to him, and he was pointing at his team, and he was skating with. It. I mean, you just love it. I mean, he yeah. his personality, it's everything about him. He screams lifelong Nashville Predator. Yep. He's going to be oh. if he plays for another team, it's going to be just as hard as seeing 
Craig Smith go to another team or whatever. Whereas if Granlin's playing for another team next season, yeah, we're going to miss him. We're not saying that he's been – that, but he hasn't lived up to what we thought we were getting necessarily. No. He's still been a quality player. I'm not saying it's been all on him, but he would be, be a loss. He would be a loss to lose him. But yeah. no one should be shocked by my choice in that because I thought the Preds were going to trade him off before the deadline. I was wrong mm-hmm. in my prediction. But I thought that they should have sold him off and gotten some, gotten a draft pick or two out of him, gotten a, uh, gotten a, a young starter out of the deal. Maybe yeah. I think they could have gotten a good return on him because well, now there's as, no. I was gonna say go as good as he is, like let's be real, his numbers aren't Kevin Fiala's numbers. So there you go. And there's <laughs> no guarantee that. there's no guarantee that he's gonna resign here or that he even yeah. wants to resign here. He doesn't yeah. feel like maybe I'm completely wrong on this, but. He doesn't feel like he wants to be a Nashville Predator as much as a – definitely not as much as a Victor Arvidsson wants to be a Nashville Predator. Yeah. So that's yeah. just kind of how I feel about it. And so and that's David why Paul, I answered Arvidsson. David Paul said he wants to – he said he's very interested in re-signing Granlin. That might just be him talking right now. Well, it could happen, and it might number. happen. If we, if, if we get him on the cheap, I, absolutely. I just well, I mean, don't see he, how the – I don't see how the number – of course he's going to say that. He's not going to – he's not going to – He's not going to come out and say, "Oh no, we don't want Granlin past this season." Are you kidding me? Yeah, like he's and not going to say about that. It, if you think about it, David Paul actually kind of did Granlin a favor because if you remember, not a lot of people were wanting to sign him, and he, you know, there well, you did, exactly. well did you know offer offer him that you know one year contract? Yeah, him. and you have to wonder if we're going to watch that on repeat again this offseason. Is mm-hmm. Granlin going to test the waters again? And maybe no one bites on him again. I mean, it's it's we might watch it on repeat again, honestly. Okay, yeah. but um, I mean, it might be the same thing. Yeah. All right, so those are some tough ones there. But uh, if anyone's watching or if they download the podcast tomorrow, definitely tweet us who you would pick out of those four uh, four questions. There, we love to hear how the fans are thinking about that stuff. And yep. so uh, this is episode thirty six of the Catfish and Ice podcast, and we're gonna wrap up our episode real quick. With, you know, we're all sports fans. We're not just hockey fans. We love all sports. It gets us by, gives us an escape. Uh, we love the competition, all that good stuff. And we're all fans of other teams and other sports. And even though we're a hockey podcast, we're going to definitely mention and talk about our other teams that we are fans of. We also write for the Fan Sided Network, which is part of which is uh, the Predlines.com. And the, that network, is built on fans. It's built on mm-hmm. fandoms. It's built on writing articles from the fans' perspective. So we know all about being fans of other teams and and the passion that it takes to be a fan of a team and being all in on a team. So let's get into it. And which sport? Let's start with. All right, all right. I know Rich isn't a baseball fan, so Rich, you don't have to time chime in if if you don't have a team, but. I gotta say this. So I grew up a San Francisco Giants fan, and I know that's I know that's random because I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I get that all the time. the The same look that Colin just gave me is the look I get all the time, and the reason why why I have a completely logical reason. I played little league league baseball. I played little league baseball from age five up until like getting into high school before I just decided I didn't want to play baseball anymore. And from like, for like four or five straight years, when I first played little league baseball, I wore the San Francisco giants uniform 
and Barry Bonds was my favorite player. And, and so they just stuck with me. And I mean, I'm a low key Giants fan. I'm not a diehard baseball fan like some of these people are, but I do cheer for the Giants. If they're on, I'm going to watch them. When they won their three World Series, I was definitely wearing my gear and cheering for them. And, and I keep up with them. And then, of course, I'm a, also a very diehard Vanderbilt fan in college in all of their sports. Yes, even in football. So save, <laughs> save all the jokes. But um, the Vandy boys. Vandy boys and college baseball, number one team in the country. We're getting ready to play the Tennessee Vols this weekend. Huge series because the Tennessee Vols actually have a pretty good baseball team as well this year. So that's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to be all in on the Vandy boys and Vanderbilt baseball this week, this weekend. So those are my baseball teams. How about you, Colin? So the Giants, especially the Vandy boys, because then Mike Twitter just mentioned the Giants are loaded with them right now. They need to call the team across the river from them or across the, the bay from them and get Tony Kemp off of uh, the athletics and onto the Giants. But I'm happy with Tony. I grew up with Tony Kemp. So Tony, Tony Kemp and I grew up in the same neighborhood. We've known each other since we were second graders. Um, you know, we, we go, we go way back. And so I, I respect Tony and I'm always rooting for his team, but I'm originally from Arizona. So I do not like the giants because I'm a Diamondbacks <laughs> fan. Fair enough. I, Fair I enough. Was, uh, my, my giants fan, but fan or not my giants, uh, fandom, but my Diamondbacks fandom, uh, runs to literally the very beginning. I was at the inaugural Diamondbacks game in 1998. Wow. Imagine little seven-year-old me about the same height, you know, a little, <laughs> a little less facial hair, but I was at that game. <laughs> Um, that, that's been my team. I've been there since 2001. Uh, you're going to find out throughout my fandom that I'm used to suffering. That, that is, you know, where I'm at, but, um, that, that's my the team. D- right hey, the, D- so. the Diamondbacks gave you a world series. They did. They did. They it's, been, it's been a long drought since. And, so. and Hey, even if you're not a diamonds, Diamondbacks fan, if you're just a casual sports fan, everyone remembers Gonzalez hitting that single single oh, down man. the middle to beat the Yankees. And spring training, Randy Johnson. We used to go to spring training all the time. Tucson Electric Ballpark, uh, Salt River Fields. Randy Johnson hitting the bird. Like that's that was my my childhood really. So that, that's that's my team there from college baseball uh, standpoint. Cool. I, I went to the University of Louisville, so they're my baseball my baseball team for college. Although I do like Vanderbilt, went to a lot of Vanderbilt games. Saw David Price back in the day pitch all the time. Uh, so that was really cool to see back when that was happening. But um, I, I do support Vanderbilt. But if I got to go between the two, it would be definitely Louisville. And Louisville and Louisville and Vanderbilt have a little bit of a mini rivalry in college baseball. They, they play each other once a year. What's that called? It's the, the game I- is called. It's like the I sixty five rivalry, something like that. But, but sure. they they actually play for something. There's like a trophy they give every year. If somebody know, wants to look up. that up real quick, or I can look it up real quick. But there's definitely they play for something every year, where they play each other once a year. It's not even a series. They play each other once a year. Uh, if someone wants to look that up real quick. Uh, Rich, give it. It didn't have to be baseball, but give it. Give us a team in another sport that's like, okay, this is my team. That's not the Preds. Oh boy, that's tough because I really haven't been watching any other sports. I watch football every once in a while. Um, I've been to some NFL games. I've been to the, some Titans games, which was cool. Um, been to some Colts games. Saw them play a few times, but well, I guess go. if I had to pick, I used to watch the Raiders a long time ago when they were in Los Angeles. The Raiders. The Raiders, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I kind of drift around on football, but I'm probably becoming a Nashville homer, so it's probably going to uh, be – we love to see it. There's plenty of room, know, Rich. There's right? plenty of room. I, yeah. Come on board. Like, so, like I, would, I would move to Nashville, like, tomorrow if I could and just 
soak all of it in. So. Just join the other hundred plus people that move here every day. It's okay. Yeah, it'll know, right? You say that until you got to navigate twenty four every day. And like, <laughs> well, maybe not. But, yeah, oh, I've driven. Yeah. I've driven down there before in traffic. It's not fun. But, no, it's not. Yeah. Uh, so I got the. I found out the rivalry. It makes total sense. It's the barrel rivalry. So they compete for a barrel. It's a. It's a barrel, and they compete for because it's Jack Daniels in Tennessee, and then they've got Bourbon in Louisville. So. It's the bird. The they basically. I didn't know. Okay, so see, I didn't. I didn't know the backstory behind it. All I knew was that they definitely played each other once a season, and it was some type of. Uh, they were playing for something. Yep. You learn something new every day. That's something I did not know, even as a Vanderbilt fan. So that's good to know, there and that go. makes sense. It makes total sense. So. Um, so, so yeah. So I, All right. I got. I got the back next to, team back here. To, back to baseball, real quick. I did go to you know the Riverbats is the the team. In, in Louisville, that, are they? Is it like what is it? What's the? Is it not true? Is it Triple A? It's Triple A. Since Triple A. Yeah. Yep. So, um, was it Deion Sanders? Did he play for the Reds for a little bit? He, I think, was yeah, gonna, it was way he way back. For the Braves. Yeah. Okay. So I actually saw him. He got sent down to play in Louisville for a game or two, and I actually saw him play down there. He didn't do anything, but I love going oh, to baseball games. Right, hey. We're getting, I'm gonna get a little off the rails here, but you just brought it up, so I gotta I gotta go ahead and um and 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 kind of say okay, you you got Deion Sanders, I raise you minor league baseball Michael Jordan. I saw oh, Michael Jordan. Oh. I saw Michael Jordan as a little kid play against play for the play against the National Sounds uh, in okay. his minor league uh, will, stint. So, so I will I, see I, your I can, minor league Michael Jordan and raise you. <laughs> An exhibition game in Freedom Hall between the Bulls and the Nets, and I got to see Michael Jordan play. So that All was right, that's that way was better. So that's way better. Yeah, I, I got you, I got you both because I got to see Michael Jordan play spring training with the White Sox, and I got to see him play against the Suns in '96. So yeah. you so you got, got two. You got yeah. baseball I mean, and basketball. It might have yeah. been, not, it might have been, been ninety six. It was ninety six, ninety seven. It was the year after he came back. So, yeah, or no, oh, the year wow. before, the year before he left. There we go. But yeah, he, right, yeah go I with, saw him twice. Yeah, go with so, your next, go with your next team, Colin. Before we so get into Michael Jordan talk, that, that's actually that's a perfect segue because my, my team. We don't need a, team, before you go. We don't need an MJ versus LeBron debate on this podcast. Oh, no, please, oh, no. for the love of God. No, right, go ahead. two different two different areas can't compete. You can't compare the two. But for me, um, and actually, probably I'll be I'll be turning it on as soon as we get done with this. Is uh. My um, NBA team is the Suns. I have not, I have not been able to be a happy Suns fan for since Steve Nash left, basically. And even oh, yeah. then, it was really precipitated by Mario Sotomayor leaving. So we're rolling right now. This is like the highest, the best, the best Suns really team, team I've seen in more than a decade. So I got to soak that up while I can because we have not been relevant since before when we got you know busted out by the Spurs. And I will Devin say, Booker. Yeah. Devin Booker's the truth, man. That guy can play. He is, but he's never seen the playoffs. And so this is finally, yeah. hopefully, the it should be the year, unless we just somehow implode. But um, And from a rivalry standpoint, I, I like Greg Popovich. I hate the Spurs. So <laughs> that, that's where I stand on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say real quick, I used to follow, like, when I watched NBA, the Bulls was my team. Like, I oh, followed yeah. – I watched – Every and like I, so I would stay up and watch the West Coast games. They were on until two in the morning. Didn't miss a game. Had like championship T-shirts, the whole deal. So, and then after after they broke up, man, I just I couldn't watch it anymore. So, so Rich, yeah. you appreciate this for our wedding when we did a, the bridal party walkout. Uh, our song was "Serious" by Alan Parsons Project. Oh, like the, the the ninety eight Bulls intro. So yeah, uh, that, the, that's, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, cool. that's very cool. 
All right, so if we're going NBA here, I don't have a diehard NBA team where I'm just like it's like where it's on the same level as 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 uh, the National Predators. Definitely not as the same level as the National Predators or 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 Vanderbilt. But I will say that growing up as a kid, I I played basketball. That was my favorite sport to play. So I definitely watched the NBA when I was growing up as a kid. Um, I had a lot of NBA jerseys. I had like this weird NBA jersey collection where I had, like, if I had a favorite player, I got an NBA jersey. I went to nice. I went to Foot Locker or I went to one of those stores and I got me a NBA jersey. And cool. my favorite NBA jersey I remember as a kid was Vince Carter's purple Raptors jersey. Hey, oh yeah, that was nice. I mean, was a I had one. a I, I had a Vince Carter uh, dunk contest poster in my room. Oh yeah. That was just like prominent in my in my room, yes. and so he so I, I kind of was like a little bit of a Raptors fan, but and I still kind of like to see him win. I think it's cool an NBA team in in in, uh, in Canada and their whole slogan of "We the North," and I think it's a cool slogan. I like their general manager. I can't think of his name right now, but he's really cool, and I like some of their players. And so I, I kind of cheer for the Raptors away, like, and that was before they won, beat the Warriors. I'm not like a bandwagon mm-hmm. jumper, and I'm not saying I'm running around here repping a bunch of Raptors gear, but I do kind of <laughs> cheer for them from afar. And it's all started with Vince Carter, so I mean, that's kind of my NBA team. It's crazy to think Vince Carter didn't even retire until last year. Oh my god, isn't that crazy? So wow. long. Oh yeah. yeah. I had so I had kinda, one. I had one uh, NBA jersey. You remember the black Chicago Bulls jerseys? I think those everybody had cool. that. Yeah, those, those, were, were, those were sick. Oh, oh. I, had a, I had a Rodman jersey. There we go. Oh, like, I love <laughs> Rodman was my favorite out of all, all those years he was with them, man. I love this is a good time to t- this is a good time to tell everyone if you haven't watched The Last Dance yet, you need to go watch oh, yeah. that. Oh, oh, yeah. Like that it'll was you, that was amazing. Yeah, it'll but, make um, you see the right. whole team in a different light. Let, let, let's wrap it up with it with uh, with football, and I don't think it's going to be any shocker who my team is. It's definitely the Tennessee Titans, and it's been a long suffering um, fandom for me when it comes to the Tennessee Titans because I feel like way worse, way harder of a fandom than it is to be a Predators fan. And here's why, and I think a lot of Predators fans who are Titans fans are going to agree with me on this: the Titans always know how to give you that hope and make you think. They're doing something right and they're doing something good, and then they just screw it up. They just, they just, they figure out a way. And I, I will say, things are changing. Over the last couple seasons, they have not been that type of team, and they they're changing. Even though they lost in the playoffs this past year to the Ravens, I still think they've got a good thing going here. But for the most part, Titans fans are kind of trained to expect to expect the worst to know that they're going to do something to screw it up. And so that's right. kind of how it feels to be a Titans fan. But I'm, I am a Titans fan. I can't help it. It's, it. it's always going to be with me. And that's kind of where it's at with that. So J-Rob, J-Rob is night and day compared to Russ and Webster. So I, I got to give you guys credit for that because it seems like you finally have a general manager that's competent. And Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is a good head yeah. coach for them. I think they're definitely building something here. But for the longest time, you know, it was just – it was it, it was the pain of mediocrity. It was yeah. like we're not bad enough to get the first overall pick, but we're definitely not good enough to get the playoffs. Everyone knows seven and nine, Jeff Fisher, <laughs> uh, all that stuff. The jokes write themselves, but that, so, that's kind of what it feels like to be a Titans fan. It's painfully average for so long. 
See, irrelevant. I, I, I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, and so it's almost it, we we're in a similar boat where we do have those close to like seven and seven seasons. But there were years where we did have high draft picks, and we've had like nothing to show for it outside of Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Peterson, those kind of guys. So I I, I know I feel you on the suffering side of that. I, I'm hopefully I'm hopeful that we're gonna turn things around. Um, you know, we play in a tough division against those 49ers and the and the the Rams as well, but also the, the car, hey, the, car, the Arizona Cardinals are kind of in a similar situation as the Titans, and the, they're not the same type of teams, but similar in a sense of they're building something really, they are really promising yeah. right now, and they're I a fun like team to watch. We're, we're we have a three year window basically with Kyler Murray's contract plus with the contracts of like a JJ Watt and DeAndre Hopkins, where if it doesn't happen these next three years, it's probably not going to happen for at least another decade, but um. <laughs> I, I do. I do gotta say because we have a, a kickoff this uh, this weekend. It's a different kind of kickoff though. It's Nashville SC, and so I have become a Nashville yes. SC supporter. Let's wrap up you the know. episode talking about Nash, Nashville SC and, and giving them some love. Oh yeah, Are we talk about tennis. No tennis. Uh, uh, we'll get that we next episode. Hey, we'll get that hey, next Rich, episode. Rich, we are up against the time here. We we're gonna skip. We're gonna. Uh, I know, Rich. I know you wanted to give a twenty minute monologue on your favorite tennis players of all time. Yeah, but I we're gonna have to it. save that for episode thirty seven, okay. my all man. Right. All right. As long as we can revisit it down the road, we will. We'll, 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 touch, on we'll touch on it. We'll touch on it. All right. Let's go to let's go to <laughs> Nashville. Let's see. I mean, they came out of the game the game like gangbusters. They've been an awesome team to watch. Um, they had an incredible run last year into the playoffs and almost you know came came pretty close to being able to go to the championship and being able to really seal the deal yeah. for everybody. So. You know, we're, there, there's a lot of excitement around it. The fan base is awesome. It's very much a, uh, you know, come as you are, community-based fan base. And it's a different kind of, you know, when you go to these other professional leagues, obviously things are, you know, certain ways and they're kind of buttoned up a little bit. National SC is a different kind of thing. You go in there, you go in that fan yes. section, there's instruments, there's flags, there's smoke, yep. there's there's it's literally like, all kinds of things. It's a, it's a crazy fun environment. but It's like um, European soccer. It is. It is. Yeah. That, and it's good that they've been able to cultivate that. But want to wish them well. They're playing, uh, they're playing against FC Cincinnati, the rivals, uh, this weekend. So um, I'm up in Cincinnati. I'm going to be wearing my, my Nashville SC jersey in hostile territory. Oh, nice. but got, got to root on that team and really get behind them and support them because they're building something special there too. Yep. They filled up Nissan Stadium. Yeah. So I was actually so their first game at Nissan Stadium in February, right before you know COVID mm-hmm. really took a, took hold and everything shut down. I was at that game. It's wild to oh. think I still got video. I've actually watched some of the videos I took on my phone there at that game, and everyone was packed in, and we didn't realize what we were about to get into with COVID and everything. But that was like pretty much the last, last sporting thing. event I went to, did where you, it was fans you, were packed in, and that did you we were playing that big flag. We were I, so you're gonna give me crap for this. You're gonna give me crap for this. Flag, but I, did, I actually left. I actually left work and walked straight over to the stadium because someone got me tickets to it and didn't even. I, I own nothing Nashville SC, so I wore uh, a gold Predators shirt uh, because right. because it was the same colors. Still gold, I wanted yeah. to at least stick in. Yeah. And the row we sat in, we were playing Atlanta FC, who is, I guess, a really good team, or they thought they were a really good team. The fans were very, very confident. And (laughs) and I'm sitting in a row with all these Atlanta FC fans, and uh, I remember we we scored the first ever goal in Nissan Stadium, and the place went nuts. We tied the game. It was a very exciting goal. And I'm, like, jumping up, going nuts, you know, my buddy I'm there with is a big soccer fan. He's like trying to break down the play for me and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, shut up. I just want to cheer. And, uh, and, <laughs> and this, na- and this Nash, this Atlanta SC fan looks at me and word for word goes, 
gosh, Nashville is such a trash city, and you're not even wearing a, the right uniform. And all, like, bets are, all bets are off. All bets are off. I'm not wow. saying I didn't have a couple beers that night, but all bets <laughs> are off. And and you're from Atlanta. Come on, man. Like, yeah. but anyway, anyway, we'll we'll leave that out. It was a great atmosphere. It was awesome. I yeah. can't wait to go to another game. Yeah, I when they get that too. when they get that stadium built, their new stadium. Mm-hmm. Oh my it's gosh! It's gonna be one of the hottest tickets in town. I really feel that way. Yeah, so, uh, a lot of Definitely. love for Nashville SC. Big supporters yes. of of Nashville SC on the Catfish yep. and Ice podcast. So that's gonna do it for episode thirty six of Catfish and Ice, brought to you by DraftKings. And again, we are a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you have any other teams you want to follow or other podcasts you want to go check out, definitely go follow the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet. Go find some other podcasts to follow. And we will see you next week for episode 37. And we uh, always love with you all on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram at Catfish Eyes. Definitely give us a shout out there. Until next time, this is Chad with Rich Howe and Colin Bluen. Everyone take care and stay safe. Go Preds. We'll get back on the winning, on the, back into our winning ways. I feel good. So take care, everybody. What's up, everybody? It's Jeremy from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on the show have been a a pro Carlton guy. He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash as well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts.